How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I've never seen a team embody a fan base like the Cowboys. Just a bunch of delusional frauds who sell themselves magic beans every single year. So enjoy your NFC East banner because no one's going to remember it. First number two seed in NFL history that didn't make it to the divisional round. Nine all pros, a top five defense, number one offense. They're home before Martin Luther King Day. I have a dream, Kevin Kincaid. I have a dream. Let's bring you on, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> That was great, man. I needed that one. Yeah, I know. I right? it's, it's, oh, I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy. I mean, I, I are you? What are the emotions going into tonight's game? Are you happy? Are you uh, are you scared? Are you angry? Like what? Like I can't figure out. I don't know when I'm going to uh, flip the switch to being like, you know what? Fuck it, we're going to win and we're going to go to the NFC Championship game because we got a nice little road if we can uh, if we can make it. How you feeling right now? Good man. I don't know if it's like pathetic to admit this or not, but I feel like the, like a Cowboys loss kind of is a like a uh, rejuvenator, you know, kind of okay. brings me back yeah. in a little bit. You know, I like that because I was trying to like kind of rework finagle this take a little bit yesterday yeah. after the Cowboys got dominated. I think this is awesome for the Eagles, and I think it's great for the Eagles not only because of the positioning in the playoffs. Now they go to uh, they go to Detroit instead of going to Dallas, what they haven't won in 2017. Yeah, but I think they were playing with such tight buttholes that they were like really worried about being a laughing stock. That like yeah. since Dallas now the laughing stock monkeys off the back a little bit. Maybe the guys do kind of put it together. I don't like the whole playing possum thing because I think this team has shown you what they really are in the last six weeks. Guys yeah. who took their foot off the gas, guys who aren't um, guys who uh, aren't focused really right now. But I think this Cowboys win, some of these guys are looking at being like, we can't be the laughing stock anymore. We can't be the one, you know, everyone's going at. Am I am I crazy? No, no, but even I, you know, even just seeing the number seven seed knock off the number two seed, I don't know, maybe that reinforces a little bit of the any given Sunday thing, any given Monday, perhaps, you know, it's yeah. just kind of like, well, you know, everybody kind of thought it was a, I think Eagles, a lot of Eagles fans kind of had it as a foregone conclusion that uh, the Eagles wanted, were going to, you know, continue their skid and lose to Tampa and the Cowboys were going to run over the number seven seed at home and, you know, it would, inevitably be up to uh, San Fran maybe to, to stop Dallas or whatever. And that all went out the window, you know? I, so yeah. I think that brings some people back, you know, I, I, I certainly, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I wrestle with that, that take every so often because it's kind of on one, on one hand, I think it's a little corny to base all of your feelings based on another team losing versus your team winning. You know, I mean, I, I get there's probably people in the chat who understand that and agree with that, where it's like, well, who, who gives a shit about the Cowboys? Let's just worry about ourselves. Well, I, it gives you a little bit of a little bit of juice going into this one, a little bit of a different uh, feeling, you know? Yeah, yesterday was like a little annoying. It was like, you know, cold and gray and crap and whatever. And, you know, you're feeling meh about the Eagles and my kids are being annoying and they won't stop talking. And that's like, oh, this is good. Oh, pick six. All right. You know, I just, yeah. You know, per perked right up, man. I don't know if that's sad to admit, but I'm sure other people feel the same way, you know? One one thing about me that sh that everybody should know is I'm a vindictive piece of shit. Anytime the Cowboys lose and I get to dance on their grave, I will dance on their grave. People I don't like, I will dance on their grave. I, I it's, it's, you, you get, you get so many opportunities, you, you only get so many opportunities to 
be able to watch Dallas fans just absolutely lose their minds. Now, luckily for us, it's been the last 29 years, which is crazy to think about. If if I'm 30, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would have never seen an NFC Championship game, nor a Super Bowl, because mm-hmm. I would have been however months old when I was born. That's insane yeah. to me. I mean, that's another thing about like how much, you know, I know times are tough right now. We're down on the birds and everything, but that's just how historic and and how successful this Eagles franchise has been since I was born. I mean, I'm part of the most successful uh, era of of Eagles franchise history. Now, (laughs) times are still tough. All right. Um, Too much negativity on game day this morning. Um. You're talking about the Jeff McClain and whatever. So hang on. I've got another Cowboys article on the Jeff McClain article. Yeah. I want to dance on the Cowboys real quick a little bit more. You want to dance on the Cowboys? Okay. We can we can we can save that for, for later. No, it's okay. I think because I think there's that's deep. We can get deep into that. Um I just wanted to write down at 12.04 PM on Martin Luther King Day. He said, I am a vindictive piece of shit. So maybe that's the clip. Maybe I can save that for a clip if I have to. That would be like the Matt Matt Gelb tweeting, I am an ass. Or what did he what did he tweet? I am a piece of shit. <laughs> I am a piece of shit. <laughs> After the thing with him and uh, him and him and Foley or whatever, you know, I am a piece of shit. Um, I, I love going back to you know, like 19, 1995 was when they won the Super Bowl, right? So the statistic is like, yeah, it's been twenty nine seasons since they, um, you know, since they've been to the NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, eBay was just starting that that year. There was no Google. Uh, Zaire was still a country. I like those ones because I'm a geography. Wow. Yeah, Zaire was still a country, and uh, the Soviet Union had only been uh, existed four years prior to that. You know, it's like they go back to that Chicago Cubs one that I always talk about, where before they finally got over the hump, it's like, yeah, Craig, can you find us a number one song in the Billboard charts in 1995? That's always a fun one. Yeah, what are the world's youngest countries? Was Yugoslavia still around when the Cowboys won it back then? I can't. I think that was 1990. Three or something. What about Czechoslovakia? Are we still were we, were we Czech Republic and Slovakia then, or were we Czechoslovakia? Yeah, or Czechia now, as Ooh. they call it. I do know that uh, Kosovo was not yet a country back then. Uh, Sudan, yeah, Sudan was one country for sure. Oh, sweet! Okay. The number one song in 1995 <laughs> was "Gangsta's Paradise" by Coolio. That's actually awesome. That's a great Waterfalls, song. Creep. Wow, TLC had two of the top three songs, and then "Kiss from a Rose" Seal, dude. Oh, yeah, that was a banger, had- man. That was that was Dang. on the uh, the Batman. And, uh, Batman yes. Forever uh, returns with Batman for two. Yeah, no. yeah on the one with Boys like, to Men. There's some Philly Philly right there. Another night, yeah. Fantasy was- by Mariah Carey, Take a Bow by Madonna, Don't Take It Personal by Monica, and This Is How We Do it by Montel Jordan, rounding out the top 10. 1995, that's like uh, yeah. 1993, the year I was born, had yeah. some really, really good movies. I think Forrest Gump was there. I think Titanic might have been in 1993. Yeah. The Oscars back in 1993, it was, uh, it was a who's who. Okay. That uh yeah that uh Batman Forever soundtrack was a banger too man I think everybody had that Seal was on it you you two was on I think the Flaming Lips had a track on there Kiss from a Rose by Seal when, it's the last time the Cowboys won the or last time they got to the NFC Championship game one thing I want to ask you is can you win a Super Bowl and still be labeled a playoff underachiever because I think Mike McCarthy is officially a playoff underachiever no matter that he won a Super yeah. Bowl well is he like Doc Rivers wow you know, like you got your championship. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers being, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and mm-hmm. Rachel Rondo and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, yes, he, yeah, you could be, you could be. I got to be honest, though, man. I was more, 
um, uh, not disappointed. I was, I, I personally was not disappointed. I was more surprised by the Cowboys defense being as shitty as they were, you know, and watching Jordan love go up and down the field. And like, I hate to like uh, trying to like turn this into an Eagles thing too, at the same time. I know we talked about it a little bit last week with Anthony, but I know I'm comparing first round draft picks and different kinds of quarterbacks to Jalen hurts, but I watched CJ Stroud this weekend, this past weekend. I watched Jordan love this past weekend. And I just see, you know, them doing things that Jalen Hurts is not doing or Are you sure or try to do. I am. I am really yeah, that's so- not Matt LaFleur and Bobby Slowick. Like like Bobby Slowick uh, had an awesome game plan for that Cleveland Browns defense. I will give you that. I will give you that. I don't know. Maybe Jalen Hurts can do these kinds of things if he had, you know, a different head coach and coordinator who were trying to do something differently. On the flip side, you know, to give credit where credit's due, I don't know if Jordan Love and CJ Stroud are doing the things in the running game that Jalen's mm-hmm. doing when he's healthy, right? So but but again, I watch like there's a play in the first quarter. Uh, where Jordan Love's kind of like flushed from the pocket, running to his right. Jalen would have just hauled ass for the line. Maybe picked up a couple yards or heaved it downfield. Love stops. He cuts back inside, takes a hit, and throws like a just finds a guy open in the zone. Yeah, and that that moved the sticks. And you know, if Dallas had gotten a stop there early on, maybe that's a different different game. You know, say what you will about Dak and throwing the interceptions or whatever, but Dallas couldn't stop anything either. You know, I I mean, I know they were a top five defense all year, but I I still think I think Deron Bland's All Pro is the most bullshit All Pro of all time. I mean, <laughs> you go back and you watch those six pick sticks. I understand that it's a uh, it's an NFL record, but like those were thrown right to him with no with with nobody around him. I mean, those are six straight pick sixes. <laughs> I don't think he returned one of more than like 60 plus yards. Like, so it just feels a lot like um, who's the cornerback that got hurt. Uh, Stefan Diggs, brother, Trayvon Diggs, when he was like an all pro and everyone was like, Oh my God, he's got 10 interceptions, 11 interceptions, but he's yeah. also got the most passing yards given up against him. So it's kind of like, it, it feels like every year they kind of have this like boom or bust corner. And Deron Bland seems to be just uh, taking up the torch and everything. One thing I, I want to go back guys to guys who are gamblers, like risk risk takers, like going for going for mm-hmm. picks, you know, and maybe getting burned. Yeah. yeah. One thing I want to go back to about uh, about Jordan Love. Um, there was also a time where Dan Quinn probably bought, brought about seven guys on third down, and Jordan Love just just flicks a, a little hot route to uh, to get the first down. Like that's something that we haven't seen this year. Like so that's what like I I struggle with being like Jalen Hurts can't do this, Jalen Hurts can't do that only because we saw Jalen Hurts do all that last year with a different offense coordinator and apparently a head coach who probably didn't meddle in the offensive game plan or overrule Brian Johnson's calls like Tim McManus reported uh, that he's been doing this year and players don't know where it's really coming from. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Look, I mean, let me put a caveat, you know, or put an asterisk onto the take and say, is is Jalen Hurts not doing this stuff because they're limiting him this year Mm -hmm. or the play calling has been shitty or there's a conflict between Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson? Of course. And again, I know that I'm comparing first round draft picks. I mean, CJ Stroud was the number two pick overall. Jordan Love was an end of the first round pick who who sat for a couple of years and, and developed behind Aaron Rodgers. I get these aren't apples to oranges kinds of things, but I just can't help it. Just speaking like like putting a fan hat on, watching, trying to watch the game as a fan. I'm like, is Jalen making that throw? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that boils it down. That's a, that's an oversimplification, but that's the stuff that I think of when I'm when I'm watching this. You know, which which is an interesting segue. You know. Interesting that I was thinking that watching those games yesterday and the day before, and then the Tim McManus and Jeff McLean stories mm-hmm. come out this morning. I know that you're all anti. I know that you hate that stuff. Cause- I don't like the Inky. Tim McManus, I believe. I don't like the Inquirer. Yeah. They've never been fair to us. I will not be fair to them. Yeah, but you like, but your, your take, like what you said on Twitter, you know, an hour ago or whatever, is that you don't like, it seems like more, 
my observation is that it seems like people hate the timing of these stories. That's yeah. I like agree why with that. you like we got a playoff game tonight. Why are we reading about this negative shit or why are we dropping this negative shit? It's like Adam Schefter saving his best news for Sunday at that's the Jake Laser move. Sunday Laser NFL Fox, 1230, roughly 1245. The Jake Laser report comes out. Everybody goes nuts before the game starts. Yeah, yeah. But so you don't think that well, here's I'll I'll play. I don't really give I'm kind of like with you on this. Like if I was editing the inquiry or whatever, I'd be like, I don't know if we want to like dump all this like negative shit now you know but um i i i I agree with you that the fan the fan is pays attention to like the timing and the the tenor and the yeah you know the invective environment i don't know what i'm trying to say like kind of like take take like like reading the room into account you know it's like the fan the Mm -hmm. fan is focused on like hey we got a big playoff game tonight maybe they're rejuvenated a little bit because the cowboys lost and like hey maybe the eagles can get it done so they look at like the, the they are like rolling off of vibes right we had the vibes guy on from temple right yeah. Like, why are you kill? Why is the media? They, they they say the media is killing the vibes by putting this negative shit out there on the day of the game. Okay, I yeah. get it. But we're but we're they're just set, they're just writing about and exploring what we've been talking about all year long. It's like, why are we doing four verticals on, you know, third and two or something like that, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here because I think you and I are probably on the same page with this stuff, but just for the sake of the discussion, I'm thinking yeah. of other. I I'm I still am wondering like where i am at and and craig if you could pull that tweet back up sorry we didn't uh we didn't get to it but this is what this is what i said for anyone who might just you know listen to the pod and not follow us i said i don't think the inquirer can survive if every eagles fan hates each each reporter that covers the team the strategy over there sucks write fluff pieces when the team is good find conflict and question the qb's leadership when the team struggles that playbook doesn't work today i think that playbook doesn't work today because everybody first of all you have your distrust of the media which is just something that's just uh, normal in today's society. Second, it it feels fugazi to me because where was this distrust of the QB's leadership 365 days ago when we're getting ready for the Super Bowl? So if there was, if there was, you know, and, and it's not just like it's not again what you said with like McLean and McManus, they're reporting on what they're told. It's just like mm-hmm. how Ant reported on what he was told by sources in the Flyers last week when we dealt with that whole Kevin Hayes situation and stuff. This is what these guys are told. It's not they're they're not making these stories up for subs, for clicks, for everything. I think you're right where it's just it's the timing of it. We're dealing with a playoff game right now. Everybody's excited. No matter if you're out on this team or you're in on this team, you're excited. You woke up a little bit differently today. You saw Dallas lose, so it kind of rejuvenated you a little bit. The last six weeks have sucked, but we wa- we finally watched a football game last night that we 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 actually enjoyed for the first time in two months. And then you know these guys had all these you know sources, and they had their their articles written out uh, probably around Thursday or Friday. Got it all edited up. Their editor took it Saturday, Sunday, and then they knew if they dropped it, you know Monday nine o'clock, Monday ten o'clock. That's the best chance for views, for subs, for all this stuff. And I can't hate it because we would do the same thing. I'm not writing something about I don't know the Eagles. At 9 30, 10 o'clock, 10 30 on a Sunday. I'll write about them on 9, 10 in the morning. You know, if I have a point that I think people will read more of. It's it's just that I don't I, I, I don't know. What do I, I I'm maybe you can help me fill in the it's blank. Big, well, it's there's really two different things going on here. Like in like my philosophy, like as the site editor, I'm always like asking myself, do people want to read this shit right True. now? 
you know, but I think that's different from, is this an interesting topic? You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm not going to sit here and like, say, I'm not asking people to pull punches because to, to placate like the fanboys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's like, Oh, we're not, we're not going to broach this topic because it might upset people or something. I'm looking at it, looking at it from the standpoint of like, what is the the fan feeling right now? And is this something that they're interested in at this particular moment? Yeah. I got no we're, problem. We're, with a fans like, we're, we're a fan set. I know we do a little bit more reporting with radio wars, and it's got his flyer sources and stuff, but we are, I would say, 90% of the time a fan site. Well, what I would have done, and I agree with that. I mean, we always try to look at it from the fans' perspective. We do do some journalism, and people yell at us for dumb shit, like putting a picture of A.J. Brown up. Here's or here's A.J. Brown at the at the boxing thing the other night. You guys knew what you were doing. You want to you, well, leave him the fuck alone or whatever. I don't understand. I don't understand any of those responses to that. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, we always look at it from fan perspective. I'm not going to sit here and say these aren't good stories. I think they are good stories. But like, if I was sitting there, I'd be like, I don't think this is what people want to read on Monday morning, the morning of a playoff mm-hmm. game. Why don't we do it Friday? Why don't we do it Friday morning? Why don't we do it two? Why don't we do it Sunday before the the four thirty game? Now, now, now it's one the, yeah, that's kind of where I, where I, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that Jeff and Tim both dropped the same thing, like really on the same day too. Yeah, you know, and my like journalist hat starts to go through like thinking of who the sources are and what the overlap is there and whatever. But I don't know. I mean, we got the whole, uh, I, I, I agree with you though, man. It's like, I think, I think Eagles fans are a little bit kind of feeling better after the Cowboys lost or yeah. even if the Cowboys didn't lose, they'd say, you know what? Fuck it. You know, Tampa's a beatable team. We'll go out and we beat them in week three in the same building. We've done it before, you know, and they're feeling positive about it. I just don't think the timing of the, you know, the timing of dropping, that makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, I don't think I, just to finish it up, I don't think anyone wants to read it. And if they do want to read it, they'll read it after the Eagles if they lose tonight. That's when they'll read it. They'll yeah. go back and they'll be like, all right, maybe, you know, this is right, this is right, this is right. But Monday of your morning coffee, yeah. I don't really think people want to read these. Friday, out. let's get something clear here, too. EJM says the writers probably spent weeks on a Kincaid once a Friday news dump. Now, Friday news dump is when you drop something at like 6 o'clock on Friday night when everybody's – you know, coming home from work or when you bury it, you know, like people read on Fridays. I mean, I look at the trends on our site and there's no difference between people reading Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We drop it first thing Friday morning. Let people talk about it all day Friday and into the weekend, you know, or Sunday. Yeah. What do you think of uh, what was your main takeaway from super, uh, from wild card, super wild card weekend is what we're calling it now. What was your main takeaway? Was it, was it, uh, the Steelers Bills game getting canceled. Was it uh, the yeah. Chiefs game playing in negative thirty degrees on Peacock exclusively? Was it was it the Cowboys losing embarrassing fashion? Was it only one great game we really had? If you think about it, was Lions versus Rams Sunday night? What was your uh, what was your main takeaway? My main takeaway was that I, I don't I, I don't mind this uh, path that the Eagles have. Now. I know. You I know, love that. I don't. I mean, it, it's it's they they, and and look, put sep- separating like whether we believe in them or not. Like just this path that's in front of them. Get back to the NFC Championship game without having to play at Dallas mm-hmm. is big. They beat Tampa in Tampa already this year. Detroit, great story. Rams could have beat them, uh, bro. I, I don't know about that punt, man. That punt is was was something else I, I i get why they did it i get why mcveigh did it but at the same time like you're gonna go down without 
having it without giving yourself the opportunity, you know? Um, he stinks in late minute in late game situations. I mean, that timeout saving it for after the two minute warning, that was a weird play call. Um, you can you could talk about, you know, the hold on Puka Nakua or maybe even the late hit. Yeah. I don't I I mean it was it was worse than the than James Bradbury holding. So I mean you could do that. But like at that point of the game. And everything. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think you, you throw the flag there. Um, well, and I don't think. And here's the thing, too. Like, if they had kicked the long field goal there and they got it to go up by one, I guess at that point, right? One. They, the defense still would have had to get a hold, right? So let's not lose sight of that. Like, kick the field goal or not, or trust your defense. Your defense has to had to make the stop either way. To me, the defense is a little more galvanized if you try that field goal there and you get it. It's like. All right, here we are. You know, we just got to make this stop. So I don't know. It's just such a like optically bad way to go out. But I, I, I watched that Lions Rams game and I was like, I think Detroit's beatable in Detroit, you know, and the same core of dudes went out there and beat mostly the, that team uh, last year in the season opener. You know, yeah, a little so bit of a way better Lions defense this year. No Jameer Gibbs, better. obviously. Better. But uh, do you think, do you think Lions, you think they shot their, shot their wad? That was their Super Bowl last night. You, you, are you saying Super Bowl because of the Stafford thing? I, I, Stafford think, no, thing? I think it was their Super Bowl because we had Lions fans crying in the stadium and oh, we okay. had such a passionate locker room speech by Dan Campbell and uh, the GM. Uh, Jared Goff is out there holding back tears. There's, uh, one, I forget, one of the uh, offensive linemen uh, yeah. who was involved in the um, reporting thing. He's crying, talking to people and everything. Like, and I, I know it's a great story. Two, two second playoff win in 65 years. But like, does it not kind of remind you of us after we made fun of Pat Bev and the Minnesota Timberwolves for winning the playoff playing game yeah. and they were crying yeah. and and jumping on the stands and everything and everyone like yeah. everyone shit on them but everyone wants to be Lions fans now. So well, congrats! Like, I mean, you won a game now. You got to you got to play another one. You know? yeah, now you're like, in the next it's round. the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, like, yeah, you won a wild card game. You know, it's like shit. Yeah, I I do think that's a good angle. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But yeah, I just don't. I look if the Eagles can somehow get it together and look mm -hmm. even 75% of what the team they were at their best this year. They can beat Tampa and Tampa. They already did it this year. You know, yeah. they can, I think they can beat Detroit and Detroit, you know, especially if AJ Brown is back for that game. You know, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I don't, I, I like that path, man. You know, and then if they get that far, God forbid, you know, whatever the hell happens in San Fran happens in San Fran. So be it. But, um, did you I, buy I Peacock? What's that? Did you buy Peacock? I already had Peacock. All these I fucking Peacock, people yeah. complaining about Peacock. I mean, what is the complaint? Yeah, seriously, I, you might as well just go ahead and get Peacock now because they're going to offload all the Sixers games, all the Flyers games on a Peacock at some point. In the That's fair. Future, That's a know? fair point. If you are in, yeah, if you are in the Philadelphia area or maybe the the Chicago area or San Francisco area or wherever NBC Sports is, yeah. you better keep your Peacock subscription because guess what? That's where everything's going. Um, well, how many people, let me ask you a question. How many people who are complaining about having to sign up for Peacock already got rid of Comcast to go to like YouTube TV? I'm sure a lot. Right. So you're already, you've already put one foot in the streaming. It, it was their complaint more about getting away from cable or having to pay for another a la carte thing. Cause I think a la carte is much greater than you know, the alternative of paying because you, because you, you're given some choice in buying what you want to buy. I know this isn't the best example, but I'm trying to craft a, a, a take on this. You know, it's going to be the future because you're going to be able to kind of customize what you want to watch with various apps, you know, and sure. that's not the case for the NFL. Now it's going to be the case for NBA teams and MLB teams and all this shit. Eventually what I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, 
this is inevitable. Like, there is no fighting this. So how long until the Super Bowl is exclusively on one of these streaming platforms? Because it's coming. If if Amazon and Jeff Bezos turned around and gave the NFL 10 to $20 billion just for 10 years of Super Bowls, it would it, they would do it tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I just... It's going to become like a pay-per-view it. event. That's the only thing I, the one thing I don't like. So I watched the game in the bar. I get, I'm guessing you probably watched your game at home. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. got, I've got Peacock. So I, I think my wife watches Bravo or some shit on there anyway. So. Yeah. I watched the game at the bar. No sound for the game, which I'm okay with, but I know some people do like sound on the game. Uh, they just couldn't connect from the TV to the sound system because it was on a streaming platform and everything. So that was kind of weird. You're hearing like, you know, the rumbles of like, of like knives clacking and beers like being drank and stuff. So it's like, it's a little weird there. Um, And I also being a former bartender, being in the service industry for like a decade plus, like I don't love that these, these, uh, these small businesses now have to get another platform or another, they have to, you know, they have to uh, now get into their profits a little bit more. Um, I did also see a, uh, I don't know if I gave it to, gave it to, uh, yeah, I gave it to Craig, um, Peacock at this bar just went to absolute shit. I don't know if it happened on everyone's, but the Peacock, it just stopped and everyone just started booing, booing the TVs because Peacock just froze. I knew it was a little laggy there as well. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to figure this stuff out uh, if they're going to start going on to uh, on the streaming. But um, we're very much in a transitional phase still. Yeah. With all of this, but inevitably that's where it's headed, you know. I mean, look, because you're looking at a you're looking at a scenario in the future. NBC Sports sold NBC Sports Washington to the Wizards owner, right? Mm-hmm. Leonsis or whatever, right? What is there on NBC Sports Philadelphia right now? Birds huddle, Birds huddle, pregame, postgame. Mm-hmm. There's no like original content anymore. I mean, if they wanted to tomorrow, they could offload all of those um and just not even offload them, just fold them and wrap the coverage right into Peacock, you know? So mm-hmm. theoretically, if you were a Sixers fan and you didn't want to pay for YouTube TV or Comcast cable to watch it for these 3,000 other channels that you're not watching anyway, you can pay your $7.99 a month and just watch the Sixers. You're telling me that's not a better option than having to pay for all this stuff that you don't want? I don't know. It feels, but all the stuff comes with it. You know, you got your Bravo shows on Peacock. You got your true crime stuff on Peacock. You got your NBC shows on Peacock. I feel like you're saying a la carte, but at the end of the day, I'm a cable guy still because I just like, I don't like having, uh, I don't like being like 90 seconds behind a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that's not really working anymore. I think YouTube TV is actually like caught up to, uh, caught up to cable. So now I got to re- rethink that. Because yeah. um, investor Jeff is 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 in the Slack channel, being like, "Oh my God, look at that play!" And I'm 30 seconds behind, so now I gotta I gotta figure that <laughs> shit out. <laughs> I don't. But here's the thing: I we cut the cord like two years ago. And we're paying for YouTube TV. We've mm-hmm. got the Disney bundle for the girls, so they can watch all the princess stuff. You know, so I can watch MMA on ESPN. You know, I've got MLS season pass with Apple TV. You know, we got Peacock and and and. That's it, and we get max, we get HBO. Or is your, is your bill the same as what it was for your cable and internet bill? Still less. It's less than what I was paying for that. How much? How much less? 20, 30, 40, 100? It's like 50 bucks less. Yeah. Even yeah. buying all that stuff. Yeah. And so what what do I have that I'm that I what do I not have that I need? I don't have Paramount Plus, so I can't watch Sarah Yellowstone. I'll, I'll live. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't have uh what are the other streams? We get Max through our like AT and T. Hulu, you a Hulu guy? They have live sports that's on the bundle. That's in the Disney Hulu ESPN bundle. Yeah, 
So we got Disney, Hulu, ESPN. We get Max for free. We get we pay for Peacock, which is whatever negligible mm-hmm. a month. And then add all that up plus YouTube TV. It's still cheaper than what we were paying for FiOS and what people are paying for for Comcast anyway. So I, I don't like I, again. And it gives me at least some customizability, customization, customization. All right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm that's where I'm doing again. I'm doing the devil's advocate thing. But I remember John McCain like freaking 15 years ago was talking about some shit on the campaign trail about like letting people choose what channels they wanted to watch because the the cable companies had hegemony over like you're going to get these 10 bazillion channels whether you want them or not you're going to pay for all this shit you know and so i know people don't like the streaming stuff i know they don't like being forced to go one direction or the other but what i'm telling you is that's going to be a good thing in the future because the technology will only continue to improve and you're going to improve and you're going to be able to have some choice over what you want to pay for and what you don't want to pay for you know so right now we're kind of in this like holding area where it's like i still need this but now i also need this we're going to get to a point where you're not going to need a you're just going to be able to subscribe to B. You know and I mean? all all tvs that you're buying now do come with like their smart platforms so you can get a roku and you can go to like all your your platform your your uh one home page where it has all these apps and stuff so i get what people Fair. are saying though it's a little shocking where any yeah. dude like we have our family has a hunting camp up in like bumblefuck penn state or whatever right they could I don't my dad anybody, and I don't think anyone could listen to the show are shocked by that, Kev. Well, a couple of board town people have a hunting camp. <laughs> well, so they they have the crappiest American TV like hanging outside your door when you're growing up too. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, the deer hunting. I don't know how many deer they actually got, but they would go up there every year. But they have a like the shittiest old TV that's got the rabbit ears or whatever, right? They could configure those things so they could at least get the play whatever playoff game was going on up there. So it, it is something, but you can say, well, MLS season passed, right? It's a niche sport with a much smaller audience. If we're going to experiment with streaming, we can do it with this, no problem. But at least I can count on being able to get like the Dolphins and the Chiefs on Saturday night, even if I've only got like the four channels and like my antenna like hanging outside the window or something. So, yeah, I mean, from that from that perspective, it's like a little bit of culture shock. You know, I saw like Damo and other like older guys who were like, this is a travesty. And See, this is the thing though. If you haven't taught your dad how to get to NBC Sport or how to get to Peacock, how to get to Hulu, how to get to Amazon Prime, how to get to whatever, their Apple TV for the baseball season, you're kind of an asshole son at this point. I, we've, we've, this is now we're going on year five. Uh, write it down on a post-it note, tape it to your dad's remote, and tell him this is how you get to every single app. Like two years ago, three years ago, fine by me. Yell all about it. I think you're a piece of shit son if you're uh, if your dad doesn't know how to at least almost get there. If he's still calling you, texting you, sorry. Yeah, I, we, this is not brand new. I, you know, let's. And, uh, and I know let's people, no, real quick, one last point on this. Um, I know people are talking about like, you know like Netflix is kind of like not what they used to be and all that kind of stuff. They're still in the. They're st- I think we're still in the wild west of like competition here, like where some are going to die and some are going to survive and rise to the surface or whatever. But I don't think streaming and a la carte options are going going away. I don't think that's happening. I think it'll. Cable. I mean, I don't. I don't think we're ever going back to. I don't know. I, I would be stunned if we ever went back to like cable and. Yeah. Yeah, but the way that we did 15 years ago with Comcast and all that shit with like these boxes and stuff, you know. It's funny because I was watching when I was watching the Peacock game, it was like NBC and Peacock. And it used to be when they would advertise like, okay, playoff games are on NBC. NBC would get the major graphic. They would like their yeah. their graphic would be like size 72. And then it'd be like also on Peacock at like size 34 font. But now Peacock has the equal amount of space on the TV now. So I feel like that's how you know. That we're all going to streaming. You streaming want to get back to sports? Kind of, I kind of want to get back to sports. 
Yeah, we're one real quick though. Like streaming is kind of like COVID. We've never done this before. We're all just trying to fucking figure it out as we go along here. Some will do a better job of it. If you're Philadelphia, you'll hand the COVID rollout to the Russian guy, the 22 year old Russian guy, or whatever. Or maybe you know somebody else does it, another city does it better. But anyway, getting it back to the Eagles, who uh, who on Tampa Bay, which Tampa Bay Buccaneer are you worried about? Who bothers you? You worried about Baker Mayfield? Kev, I'm afraid that Baker Mayfield is just going to go like this tonight. Like this. Like it's just Baker Mayfield. I know your kids are watching. I apologize. He's just going to go like this right now. Like I am so scared. I'm getting visions of of planting the flag in Ohio State's 50-yard line tonight. Like bum ankle. Regardless, I am so nervous that we're just going to get scamper in Baker Mayfield and he's just going to he's just going to want us to pull our hair out by the way mike um, evans, i do want to put mike evans and chris godwin those are the only two people i care about rashad white no rashad linebackers White's a guy every running back in the league is just a guy now you know? wow. wow save this save this soundbite for when he runs for 150 tonight i look like an idiot you know? <laughs> every running back is just a guy you pick him up off the street you plug him in you know they're just a guy i do want to i do want to put this real quick we are doing a live stream at uh, Nick's Roast Beef in Woodhaven Rove. Kev, unfortunately, won't be there. He has an important takeaways column that he has to do to get to you, the masses, after the game. But we're doing with Fox Philly Gambler. If you want to come to uh, the Nick's Roast Beef on Woodhaven Road in the Northeast, come by there. If you don't, it's going to be on this uh, YouTube channel as well, so we stream it in here. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that anything about Rashad White after what we watched the Eagles you know, do down there in week three, but week three was a long time ago. You know, I just don't think that the Bucks winning streak, I, again, like nothing. They won the worst division in football. They mm-hmm. beat the Packers. Packers was probably their best win. Now, when you look at it, who else did they beat? They beat the Jaguars. Jaguars. They beat the Titans. They beat the Panthers twice. They beat the Falcons. I don't know, man. I just like, I know that we're all down on the birds. We're all out on the birds right now, but nothing's, they're not going out to play the 85 Chicago Bears tonight, you know. I mean, if they can't beat this Tampa team, uh, then they might be playing against the greatest. They might be playing against the greatest show on turf with this te- with this defense. Like you're might gonna well. know yeah, what know. This, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna know what this game is gonna be in the first drive of the Eagles offense and the first drive of the Eagles defense. You know exactly how this game is gonna play whether out. Whether they're gonna be, whether they're showing up or quitting. Yeah. It could yeah. be 30 to three Eagles. It could be three nothing bucks. It could be 17 13, a rock fight. Like, you, no one knows what Eagles team you're getting tonight, especially with AJ Brown being out. Reed Blankenship apparently banged up. Jalen's fingers going every which way. Uh, but apparently, he's zipping the ball in practice. Devontae Smith, how bad's that ankle? Devontae Maddox is playing safety, according to Kevin Byer, which I don't know if Kevin Byers was to release that information, but he did. So, who cares? Um, so, well, yeah, at least Devontae's played a little bit safe. I just have a feeling it kind of looks like the Seattle game. Where they they come out and they play hard, but they don't play particularly well. Put them away. And it comes down to like maybe you know the fourth quarter, maybe a close game in the fourth quarter. I don't think either team's blowing the other one out. Um, and the Baker Mayfield ninety-two yard drive, <laughs> ninety-two yards for Baker, <laughs> and he's just planting the flag at the fifty-yard line. Is what's going to happen. I, yeah, because I just I don't think anything has changed. I, like, look, I mean, they quit last week. They didn't even show. They didn't quit. They didn't show up last week. Um, but I don't think that like 
I think if the if the if the players come out tonight and they don't show up or they quit early, they gotta wear that, man. Because you could say whatever you want to say about your coaches and you don't believe in them anymore, the Sean Desai, Matt Patricia thing, or Sirianni Johnson or whatever. But this is a playoff game, and you've got a path here, man. So if they if they come out and bottle it tonight, they got to own it as much as the coaching staff does. I think it'll tell you a lot about these guys' uh, character and their DNA and their makeup. You know, I don't care how out you are on your coaching staff, man. I don't care if AJ Brown's out. I mean, you got a winnable playoff game tonight. Are you going to come out and show up, or are you going to be a pussy? You know, I think we're going to learn quite quite a bit about it. Honestly, you know, I think they got a path in front of them. You know, I'm trying to talk myself into. I put my money on the Bucks, but I'm talking myself into it. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, how you did the emotional hedge? I'd always do the emotional hedge. That's how Is that I make a violation? All my money. No, okay. no, no. It's not a violation if it's smart. That's why I told people to get on the Cowboys at plus odds. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was a violation. I didn't want to call no. you out, but I thought that was a violation yesterday. No, you are guaranteeing. Pagan life is about guaranteeing as many outcomes as you can. You're either going to have a great laugh and enjoy the rest of your day, or you're going to make money. You know, and to me, there's nothing wrong with that. How much would you pay to watch the Cowboys lose at home to the number seven seed? Ten dollars was my amount, so I was fine losing ten dollars to have an enjoyable, you know, rest of rest of the day. I don't think there's anything wrong with the emotional hedge. I think people who say like, "Well, you never bet against your team," I think that's fucking bullshit. You know, I've won a lot of money betting against West Virginia football, so that's sometimes you just got to be real with you. <laughs> sometimes right, things can be out. true. I actually do appreciate that. I actually appreciate the truth from you. That was nice of you. Sometimes you just got to call it how you see it. By the way, I got a funny story for you. You shared the video or you put on the site um, the, uh, how in Dallas, they, the NBC, I guess it was, cut out of the Lions and Rams yeah. game to go to like an emergency yep. weather report or something. I did that once when I lived in Augusta because we uh, we had like snow coming. It never snows in Georgia anyway. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is some serious shit. And like people were asking me, I'm just like rookie producer. I had been like out of college for one year. I think like the Suns were playing the Lakers or something. This is when Kobe was still around or whatever. And they're like, I think we should cut into the pro- to the game here and, uh, you know, do this weather update. And I, like my boss wasn't around. The news director wasn't there. The executive producer was there. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I'm like, all right, well, I guess this snow is really important. We can cut into this game. So we come in. <laughs> we I cut into this uh the fourth quarter of this like Suns and Lakers game where Kobe had like 40 points or something already. And we got so much hate mail that we couldn't even keep track of it anymore. I'm sitting there thinking like, do people want to just like, no, it was just like a regular Saturday or a Sunday. You know, they used to play like national, um, we were an ABC affiliate. So they used to play NBA games on prime slots of Saturday or Sunday or whatever. And we got so much hate mail. Like you put this, like this one guy was like, you put this fat bitch on TV when I was trying to watch Kobe. I felt so bad because the the anchors were getting like just killed, and I'm like, I don't know, did I make the right decision or not? I'm 22 years old. What do you want me to do? We got absolutely killed. We printed out all of the hate mail and we put it on the wall and we like made a collage out of it and like read read motivation. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But the lesson learned, lesson learned is like, did you just like if you're a TV person, just never, never cut out of a live game on the network and just let it play or put a crawl on or do a double box or something like that, but never cut, never cut out of the game. Ever. What were you, were you just serving the Augusta area and the surrounding neighborhoods? I mean, you weren't serving like Athens, Georgia or, or Atlanta or like, no. 
No, North no, it was Carolina. just a, it was just a, it, it, the the DMA was Augusta, and then there's a small town across the river in South Carolina called Aiken. So it's just yeah. our market. It wasn't Atlanta. It wasn't Columbia. It wasn't you know Athens. Every, it wasn't every time you went into the newsroom, would you look that hate mail in the eye and said, "I'm going to be better today. I'm going to be one percent better. I'm going to have a dog mentality. I'm not going to cut into the Lakers Suns game." No, I would look at it. Me and the anchor, the anchor who got called a fat bitch, we would just laugh at each other and be like, well, let's make sure we don't do that. <laughs> I think I felt worse for them because they were the ones who were like. I think my favorite part of the weatherman thing was um, did you see in the story the Channel 8 guy who I guess would be like their, their ABC or their CBS? He yeah. uh, he totally just shit talked the uh, the other weatherman from the, yeah. uh, from the NBC uh, affiliate that. Uh, that talked about it. He was on air being like, Oh, I wonder what happened in the last minute, 54 seconds of that Lions, uh, Lions Rams games. I guess I'm gonna have to catch that on ESPN. Like I love some good local rivalries right there. You know, those weathermen just get together like it's anchorman and just beat the shit out of each other and talk shit. Uh, that is brutal, man. I mean, but what's the equivalent here? I mean, the equivalent here is like NBC is, you know, the Eagles lost. Everybody's disappointed. Everybody's all bitter or whatever. But maybe people are hanging out to watch the next game. And then NBC says, we don't have to watch that because Eagles fans don't care anyway. And they tell us that it's going to snow on Tuesday. You know, yeah. make you imagine if that happened here, people would people would flip shit. So I don't blame I don't blame people for responding the way they did. But, yeah, lesson learned if you're a producer out there, just never cut into the live uh, <laughs> game because you never know how many people in augusta georgia are watching the suns and the lakers on a random sunday night the only fat bitch they wanted to watch was shaquille o'neal that day not the anchor <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad yeah there's a lot of slurs that came out during those yeah <laughs> uh, the worst my worst experience in augusta was when we did a 15 second video about the pride parade we got a lot of phone calls about that in the deep south i'll tell you that much so that was uh, slurs than they were going on in the jerry jones box that was another That's wake nice. up, wake up call. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just like I'm I'm pragmatic about tonight. I don't know if they're gonna win, but I don't I don't think the Buccaneers are some world beater. I, I like, think they win because the the line didn't really shift with the AJ Brown news. I think that was kind of telling. Are you surprised by that? I thought that would move yes. at least like half a point or yes. something. You know, it's a major it's a major uh, key offensive member of the Eagles. We already have yeah. our other best wide receiver banged up. Dallas Goddard might as well be in witness protection program the way they don't use or utilize him in uh, in the offense. And DeAndre Swift, who knows? Are they going to give him 30 carries tonight? Or are they going to give him 10 carries tonight? Like, I can't I cannot believe that this line barely shifts. And that's why I think I feel good. I think a lot of people are looking at Baker Mayfield's bum ankle. And I think a lot of people are looking at the nine nothing win against the pa- uh, against the Panthers last week. And we're like, yeah, these guys are probably not as good as they as they really uh or thought well, out again, that's yeah that's and that's i'm glad you bring that up because that kind of goes to my point it's like we can think whatever we want to think about the eagles and if you want to think they're shit we can think they're shit but vegas and the rest of the country clearly does not think much of the buccaneers you know so i think that's um that's probably the takeaway for me look i'm going into it with an open mind if they win i think they got a chance in detroit but i just don't want to see these like if slay comes out tonight and like just oh. half asses oh. it or whatever uh, uh, or you know, the defensive line is just sort of like, you know, walking around with hands on their hips or whatever, then they deserve as much criticism as a coaching staff, you know, because like you've you can you, you can be anything you want. Just don't be a fucking quitter. You know, is Nick Sirianni Nick Sirianni is Nick Sirianni out tonight if uh, if they lose? I don't know, man, that's such Dude, a, Kev, that's he, a can't, he can't survive this. I don't know how he can. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's especially when you look at the patterns. Of, again, I would think it's crazy. Like, I would tell you nine, 99 times out of 100 that I think you're crazy, but we've watched this happen twice now in the last six or seven years. You know, I know Chip and Doug was a different thing, but I mean, Chip had a winning re- left here with a winning record. And would it have been fathomable to think that, that Doug would get fired three years after winning the first Super Bowl? No, so I, I'm no. not going to. No, can't not at all. Out. And that. And- it's I come back to it and I like Nick. I think I like Nick as a human being, but it's this it was the McManus report where it was buried within other reportings of like him meddling in the offensive game plan and 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 Jalen being upset with the offensive play calling. But there was this uh apparently and Jordan Mylotta spoke to this was that Nick has kind of changed his demeanor since the uh since the since the 49ers game. Um, obviously he was always pretty cocky and everything, you know, we had that Kansas city dust up. He, you know, he was, he, he was never bashful. You know, we saw him on the sidelines all, all year last year, just being a cocky mm-hmm. prick, but he kind of, in, he kind of embodied the city in that way. Just like an underdog. Nobody believes in me. I'm going to show you. And I'm also going to dance on your grave or I'm going to, I'm going to physically outwardly show you that I'm better than you while I'm beating you. Now it's apparently that he's taken a step back. He's not really, outward is spoken he's not as really toned up as he used to be on game day that tells me you're a fraud like i think if i think no matter if things are going well or things are going bad you should always be your true self now if Mm -hmm. he wants to tone it down a little bit on game day that's perfectly fine to me but the way they were talking about it was like yeah he's not as animated anymore we've we've really seen a difference in coach and stuff obviously they've only won one time in the last six weeks so we haven't really been able to see him uh cheer and, and 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 talk his shit as much, but like we, this definitely had a little bit of uh, Nick Sirianni kind of being a fraud and not being his true self, whether he was always that cocky prick or whether he was really just some guy who, you know, doesn't really believe in himself. It was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting I too. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm trying to think of my mind went to MMA actually initially because there's a lot of guys who do, well, yeah. But there's a lot of guys who do, you know, acting jobs to kind of sell fights and build a persona and, you know, create something for themselves. But then they'll also, you know, if they lose, they'll get up and shake the guy's hand and be gracious, you know. And I don't I didn't have any problem with Nick Sirianni doing like yelling at the Kansas City fans or yelling at the Indy fans or anything like that as long as he was going to you know, come out on the other side and when things didn't go their way, be, be okay with it and like admit defeat. And I don't know, just be like professional about it. I, you know, Conor McGregor was that way for a little bit where like he was a total asshole. And then when he would lose, like the other guy was better than me, whatever. And you can be whatever you want to be if you're going to have that other half to it. But then I don't know, after the second, after the third Dustin Poirier fight, it was like, you know, just back to being asshole McGregor again, I guess. So, but I don't know. I guess that's the best parallel I can think of. I, I I agree though. Like Sirianni can be whatever he wants to be if he's consistent with it. You know. Mm-hmm. I just don't think. I mean, if you if they play to, if they play hard for him tonight and they lose a close game, I don't think you can fire him. But if they quit on him and they get blown out and it looks like they don't want to be there, I don't. Then I don't know how you bring him back. You know. How do they? How do they, they play hard for him and lose tonight? I, I you don't, don't think they're going to play. No, I can't see Play them playing hard. hard and and playing hard and losing them, and him still keep, playing hard and losing tonight, and him still keeping his job. I still can't. I can't envision that scenario. Like if we're if we're talking about like 
a 41-38 slobber knocker, amazing offensive performances, maybe some defensive touchdowns on the Eagles side to make it look like putting lipstick on a pig, fine. But at the end of the yeah. day, you still gave up 41 points to the Buccaneers and you still lost to the Buccaneers, the the worst division in the NFL. I don't well, know. I mean, he loses, he's out. Well, then may, I don't know that maybe the alternative is like the coordinators, both the coordinators go and you give Nick one final chance with different coordinators, you know, and you go with the and the front office says, you know, maybe Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon were that important, you know, and they tell Nick like, all right, either you're calling the plays and you're doing the offense 100 percent or your offensive coordinators doing that, you know, because it seems like there's. You know, if not that's not operating the way it needs to operate. You know, they sit down with Jalen and say, "What is the offense going to look like?" You know, you want to throw over the middle? Okay, we're going to throw over the middle. But otherwise, the Eagles have pretty much made their bed with the fact that like they're going to hire young rookie coaches who are going to capitulate to Howie and Jeffrey Lurie, and you're in this cycle as long as ownership in the front office looks a certain way. You know, it's worked for them for the last seven years. There's no reason to think it can't work again. But you're kind of at a crossroads where you get got to decide where you're going to keep keep with that strategy or try something different, you know? At this moment, January 15th, 1249 PM. I think Brian Johnson is back next year. And going back to the McManus report, it just felt like we're going to hear that it was Jalen and Brian Johnson versus Sirianni all year. And, and, yeah. and everyone's going to want to pull out that Jalen's only had an offensive coordinator two years in a row since he's been in high school one time. That's what we're going to hear all summer. Brian Johnson's going to be back. And we're going to be like, hey, look what happened when he had Shane Steichen for two years. Brian Johnson's also getting these head coaching uh, interviews. If you want to say it's the Rooney rule, that's fair. If you want to say it's because he's a good offensive mind that people respect, sure, that can be fair too. But I do think Matt Patricia is gone, but I would not be shocked if Brian Johnson's back. I don't want him back. Um, but then again, it's like, we don't know who's we don't know still to this day. We're in we, we're in week one of the playoffs, week nineteen, and we don't know who is calling the plays on this team. Well, it's I insane. yeah, and I, I think the thing too that I really look at, I don't know if people put as much value on this as I do, but the Jalen Hurts and the offensive coordinator continuity or lack thereof narrative or storyline. Jalen Hurts' best year that he's ever had in his entire life was when he finally had the same offensive coordinator for mm -hmm. two years in a row. Now, I don't know if that says so much about Shane Steichen as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator or just the fact that there's comfort and familiarity there. But, I mean, if you fire Brian Johnson or and or Nick Sirianni, I mean, are you, again, just taking a step back with Jalen Hurts? Because who's got to be the most important? Who's more important than anything here? The franchise quarterback that you just paid a shit ton of money to. Jalen Hurts is more important than Nick Sirianni. He's more important than Brian Johnson. It's more important than Sean Desai. Jalen Hurts is the most important athlete in the entire city yeah so I, i'm not gonna nobody he should ever sit here two three years two to three years to win with them before all that money comes in well, that's what i'm saying so you got so any move that you make has to be done with the understanding of maximizing what you're getting out of him you know so if you want to make this argument that like keeping the coordinator and doing the continuity damn it they're right? back next year aren't they Ken? Buy it. i would buy it I would buy it. I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but you could sell it to me and I would pay money for it. Not a lot of money, but I would pay for it. We're going to get bubble screens for 2024 to 2025 all next year to Julio Jones. Now we're going to learn on the, that that's a Nick Sirianni thing and not a Brian Johnson thing, you know? Oh man, we're going to do, we're going to do QB draws in the red zone three times. Get ready for them tonight. They're coming, man. 
Quez is going to have a big game. Quez is going to catch a bubble screen. He's going to take it to the house. I kind of hope so. We could clip that and just put it out there and be like, yeah, look, it was no Kevin Kincaid with no context. <laughs> Quez Watkins is going to take you to the house. Um, Quez with a big game. What are the odds on Quez scoring a touchdown? I got to get in on that tonight. Probably plus 800. Riding some um, momentum. You in on a Quez? I know, I I know, who won't have it? Juwan Jennings won't have that on his card today. That was weird. Him coming after Quez Watkins, of all people, when he only had 100 more yards and four more catches on one of the best offenses in the NFL. That was just a weird – that was just a weird – a random uh, stray. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's, he's <laughs> getting that. Uh, yeah. And then his, his, his and then Juwan Jennings' reply to everybody was, I was on Jalen Hurts' senior ball team where he had a bunch of weapons. So, like, you were at the, the college football all-star game with all the best players in college, like CeeDee Lamb. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Well, I guess they weren't there that year. But Quez is a anytime touchdown score plus six hundred for Quez Watkins. Wow, Lamade is plus six hundred. Kenny Gainwell is a plus five hundred. Julio Jones plus three eighty. Goddard plus two fifty. Yeah, uh, Devontae Smith. Well, of course, Jalen's minus one twenty five because of the push. That's not bad though. Shot. No, that's not bad, Jalen. Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown minus one twenty five. That's like the lowest it's been in probably about two to three weeks. So I would yeah. jump on that. Yeah, um, Rashad White, Mike Evans, and then Devontae Smith plus two hundred, DeAndre Swift plus two ten, Dallas Goddard plus two fifty, Julio Jones plus three eighty. Um, I don't know, man. I I like. I feel like I have a pretty good. Uh, you know idea of just getting a read on a on a game you know but people ask me about this one you know like a whatever this weekend what do you think of the birds are gonna do i got no fucking clue man i have zero read on this game <laughs> that doesn't work well for a podcast but we're almost done anyway i have no clue what's gonna happen mm-hmm. never never have i can't remember not having as much of a clue about a game or a hunch J- about a game going into it jalen hurts can't lose on martin luther king day now with the, now with those quotes yeah is it now bad we, that we're working on on Martin Luther King Day? By the way, are we like disrespecting? I think we're providing a service. We're providing we a service. day of service. Okay. Yeah, it's our day. This is our podcast of service. <laughs> we're serving content to the people. That's our yeah. contribution. On, we're serving on Ford. We're serving EJM. We're serving your children and and your mother who are watching us. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, we're serving. Cakes. We're not like we're not at the soup kitchen or doing anything important, but we'll do. You know, listicles, and here's some memes of Cowboys fans. You know, maybe I'll, go, maybe I'll go outside. Maybe I'll go a couple, a couple blocks outside and give a homeless man a couple dollars. That'll be my day of service today. I'm, I live in Philadelphia. They're like a dime a dozen. Yeah. So I just hope the but, Eagles put in a respectable performance and don't, you know, embarrass but, themselves. But the, Dr. The, King's day. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. shot Jalen Jalen Hurts is losing on Martin Luther King Day because there's going to be some fire Martin Luther King quote out in uh in the press conference after the game or maybe even on after the game like maybe like i had a dream today my dream was that we'd win this football game and we did like like oh. he's dropping something he's got some he's got something in the chamber he might get I, criticized uh, for downplaying the importance of uh <laughs> that's a, that's a great speech quote, you know? oh it was a, a great, great speech, speech. the think- topic that dr king was talking about is a lot more important than football but yeah, he may, may Jalen might get uh, criticized for trivializing uh, in that in that case, but we shall see. I, I have a 
All right, I'm just going to say it. Only like 90 people are watching. I have a buddy who was in Jalen's house the other day, and he said he has motivational quotes all over his mirrors in the in the house. Which I like is, that. Like, I like yeah. that too. Yeah, so like, like you, you know, like on the bathroom mirrors, on other things, like he's, he's just got motivational quotes all over the place. Just brushes his teeth to, uh, I don't know. Give me, give me one. Uh, I had a, I had a purpose before people had an opinion. Mm-hmm. He eats his breakfast to, uh, or, um, one. or you don't, one. you don't know. You don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes know, to the bathroom. Yeah. He goes to the bathroom and across, across from him is just flush it. Like this dude has quotes all over the house. He's, he stays motivated. Now, obviously, he's in a hotel room down in Tampa Bay tonight. So, hopefully, he he got his little magic marker, put all the quotes on the mirror and stuff. Yeah, this is. I think. I think this is what I'm interested in here. Are they like? Are they engraved into the mirror? Did he write them? No, no, no. Like, I think they're. I think we're dealing with sticky notes, and we might be dealing with like, like you know how you put when like your your daughter graduates high school, and you put those things on like the back of uh, people put those things like on the back of their vans and stuff. The marker. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Sure, it's, it's like that. Sure, it's like that. Yeah. So okay. Well, we'll see. I just I hope we get to that. I hope we get a bird's win. You know, if not, I don't I got I don't even want to know what comes out of that. You know, and the stories that we're going to be trying to avoid. You know, what well, we're going to be let's, reading uh, the inquiry. Let's, let's finish it up with a prediction. What do you like tonight? Okay. What do you think? I think it's a close game. I think the Eagles come out and they try. I just think that the defense still sucks. You know, and without AJ Brown, I just don't see them scoring a, a, a ton of points. I think the I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win twenty seven to twenty four. Yeah. Wow. I think it's a close one, but I think Tampa finds a way to win. I just don't. I think the Eagles try, but I think that they just haven't really. I just don't think they played that well. Say twenty seven twenty four Tampa. I think it's a rock fight with a lot of red zone trips that aren't successful. I'm going to go 17-13, and we're going to be pulling our hair out. I'm going to go 17-13 Eagles, excuse me, and we're going to be pulling our hair out the entire game. And uh, Baker Mayfield is going to start on his own eight. Uh, he will get all the way down to around the 15 to 18-yard area. He'll be dealing with a fourth and uh, fourth and goal due, due to a hold on the offensive line. And uh, it'll go to Keely Ringo in the back of the end zone for an interception. Birds sneak Sneak one out in Tampa, and we're on to uh, we're on to Detroit. Yeah, Ford is right here. I like the road against the Lions, but I pick the Bucks. That's right. I like the road. I don't think they're gonna. I like the road. I just don't think they're gonna traverse it. So, all right. And so twenty-seven, twenty-four Bucks from Kevin. Seventeen, thirteen Birds from me. Once again, uh, Craig, I think you have that tweet promo ready for uh, Nick's roast beef tonight uh, in the Northeast. We'll be doing a live stream on here. Uh, if you can't get to the uh, you can't get the Knicks roast beef. Uh, we will be on the YouTube here, streaming with the Fox Gambler guys. Um, also, $4 uh, iced tea, vodka, smooth teas over at uh, Knicks roast beef in, in, in Woodhaven. So, love to see you out there. But obviously, if you can't, love to see you uh, on the stream, participating in everything. I, I think we'll be reading comments and we'll have comments up and stuff. So, uh, enjoy that. Kev, anything else before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Big weekend for the Flyers. I think if the Eagles lose, we're in hockey mode. Moving forward, getting flyered up over here personally. I'm not sure about anybody else on here, but I think that's going to be my focus. I think I'm going to shift to the Eagles. If the Eagles lose this game, I think I'm shifting to hockey full time. 
Three zero in the Jamie Drysdale era. Beat up on uh, beat up on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Sixers are looking Sixers. good. Joel Embiid, I think, is playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. The Embiid iffiness takes a little bit of the Sixers, whatever for me. I'm I'm in the Flyers just because it's it's a little different. I, I'm trying to have a different winter. I'm gonna switch it up. You know, we'll get back on the Sixers bandwagon too. But you know, like we say, the Sixers and the Flyers seasons don't really begin until the Eagles are done. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, everybody. Appreciate you joining in. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, go birds. I've been allowed to say that because Kevin picked bucks. So go birds on my end. And uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday. And it should be an interesting show.